Hello again, everyone, and welcome to 8 Frugal Minutes, where our motto is save that cash. I hope everyone is having a great week. And within that week, I hope that you're saving money. I hope you're, you're looking for ways to find money, and I hope you're making money. As you know, our podcast today, as in every episode, is all about how to use money and then facilitate the lifestyle that you want. It's great to save money. It's great to be frugal. But if you aren't living your dream, then it's kind of um, counterproductive, which is not what we want to hear here at the A Frugal Minute. So today we have a special guest. And I'm kind of excited because if you've been listening to the podcast and the last few ones, we've done different things. We had the bacon lady, which I loved. She was all about talking about bacon and how to make suitcases and then, of course, selling them. And then we had another woman in uh, talking about coupons. Again, it was a great episode, and it sh showed how we could save money, even if we were not really savvy with coupons. Um, and now today we're going to be talking about grants. Now, before you start running for the hills, grants are a great resource. And I really wanted to share some information about grants because there's something about the idea that many of us think that we have to have a job to find money, which is good. It's good to have a job. But there are Grants out there that you can help you, your family, your business, and nonprofits. And that's really what I wanted to get into. But the other thing that I worried about was, you know, this could be very overwhelming, which is why I am excited that we have found a specialist in grants. And I'm welcoming Libby to the show today. Libby is the proprietor of grantwatch.com. And um, Libby, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And how are you? I'm great, and I'm very happy to be here today and have some some fun with you and with your oh, listeners. Thank you. You know, again, you know, when we think about grants, we uh, I don't know. I think about colleges and universities and and big big special projects. So I just want to start before we get beginning here. Um, tell us about your background. You know, what what draw drew you to to grants? What made you think, ah, this is what I really need to focus in on. Well, I was teaching for the New York City Department of Education uh, way back in the 80s. I was a special ed teacher for classes at that point that were called Classes for Emotionally Handicapped, then, then became Ms. 2, and now I'm not even sure what they call those classes. But my students were slated to take standardized tests where they would have to write uh, long essays. and Teaching them how to edit and correct their work was an impossible situation at that point. I had read a lot about word processing, and I thought, wow, if I could take my class into the computer room and teach them word processing, they'd enjoy editing their work. And that would, you know, add another flavor to the whole idea about writing, which is like, oh, who wants to write? So I went to my principal. And he said, Libby, nobody wants to take your class. It's a really difficult class. It was junior high, 10 children in the classroom, plus a paraprofessional. Um, and he said, if you're willing to learn, stay one step ahead of the students, you can go in. But you're responsible for the computers. Well, I did that, and then I found out that it won't work because the Tandy Model 4s that we had at that time didn't have enough memory. And so... That didn't work. Went to the school district to get money to buy computers that would work. That didn't work. There was no money. 
they said, well, if Libby wants to come every day after school, we will teach her, teach, we will teach her how to write grants because there's a grant available. If Libby can prove that the Model 100 could be used in an educational environment. And that's, was the, that was the beginning. And I learned and I wrote the grant and I won. Subsequent to that, I wrote, wrote a Commodore 64 grant and I won. Uh, and I became a grant writer. And at the same time, I became the magnet school teacher for careers in computers and entrepreneurship. And my career took a different focus. And a few years later, the school district asked me to come into the school district office and be a grant writer for Community School District 18 in Brooklyn. And later on, I moved. I opened a grant writing office of my own while I was teaching. And to cut to the chase, when I retired from teaching, I decided that the uh, technology was there. I could create a website because while I was teaching, I was also sending out a fax newsletter of all the grants available in my area to my clients. So here I was able to then put it on the, on the computer, created the website, started with NYC Grants Watch, went to New York State, all the tri-state area, continued across the United States, went Canada, Israel, international, and there we are. There's Grant Watch. Too. Wow. Now, Grant Watch is not small. I was looking at the site today, and it has over 26,000 grants in there. So it's it's mammoth. I mean, it's a wonderful resource. And I, I didn't see anything else that was quite this substantial. So if someone's looking for a grant, and let's let's talk about what grants are. First of all, if you were defining a grant to any person out there, what, what would you say a grant is and, and how is it different than other forms of income? Well, a grant is a gift. That's the first thing to understand. It's not a loan. It doesn't need to be paid back as long as you follow all the requirements laid out by the funding source. So you need to apply for a grant. Nobody just gives you a grant because they called you up and said, hey, you know you want a grant. That's not how it works. You need to apply for, for a grant, complete everything as the funding source has requested, has requested, and then there'll be a period of time while the decision is being made, and you'll get an award letter, an award email, a phone call, but it would be verified that they are who they are, not somebody in India telling you, well, I shouldn't say that, not somebody in some foreign country telling you that um, you won a grant. Those are scams. You would have had to apply for the grant to get it. Um, the grant is very specific because when you apply for a grant, you're saying how you will spend every single penny in that budget. And you must spend it that way. And if you need to change, if you need to make a change from the original budget that you submitted, you have to call the funding source or write to them and get prior approval before you spend their money in another way. So it, even though it's a gift, you have to follow what you promised to do at the very beginning when you filled out the application, correct? Correct. What I always tell my um, uh, awardees, I say, when you get that check, make sure you open up a separate bank account, a separate checking account, and nickname it the, the title of the grant, and only write checks from that account for what you're spending according to the budget. You want to be really ethical 
um, with with the funds. You never want anybody to say to you, you spent it the wrong way because they can request all the money back wow. if wow. you do. So when you're you're applying for one, you know, what's the components of actually applying for a grant? Because, uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, is this like you're applying for college or applying for a job or is it more specific than that? Well, every grant has different eligibility. That's the first thing to look at. Are you eligible? Just and, and I've gotten calls like that. Well, I used your service and I applied for this many grants and I didn't get anything. When I get that kind of a phone call, I say, were you eligible for those grants? Did you check the eligibility? Because if you applied for so many, chances are that you would have gotten a grant. If you don't meet the eligibility requirements, you shouldn't be applying. And I also explain if, let's say you're a nonprofit or a small business and you're applying for a grant and there's some component in the uh, grant uh, documents that say that you need to have something that you don't have. Like, let's say you're an after-school program and it says that you need to have a parenting component and you don't have one right now, but you know that down the road there is a nonprofit that has a very good component Parent, successful parenting program, bring them in, create a memorandum of an understanding with them, bring them into your grant application so that your application is stronger. If there's a component that you can't bring something in, uh, you just don't have it. It says you have to be in business, uh, you have to be existing five years, and you just started six months ago. Don't say, well, maybe they'll give it to us anyway. Don't apply. You can write to the funding source. If you get a response, then apply. That's very important. And every grant has a different application. There are some foundations that will use some standard application from their community that's being used. But in general, they're all different. Some of them are just, especially since COVID, there's a lot of very small applications that you can do online. And then there are applications that are 100 pages long. So every grant is different, just like, I always, people ask me, well, how long does it take to write a grant? How much does it cost to write one if you're hiring a grant writer? And I always use the analogy of, are you asking the painter to paint your garage or are you asking them to paint a 12-room mansion? How can anybody come up with that answer without knowing what application you're looking for? And that's what GrantWatch is all about because when you're a paid subscriber, you're considered member plus and you get to look beyond the paywall, you'll see the eligibility, you'll see all the documents, the link attached and everything, and you'll get a feeling for, well, this is simple. I can apply for that on my own. I don't need to hire a grant writer. Or, ooh, this is way above my pay grade. I need to get some help. I'm going to grantwriterteam.com, which is one of our websites. I'll put in a request for a grant writer. I'll find out how much it's going to cost me, and I'll go further. And one thing, though, I always like to tell my grant seekers, Write your first grant by yourself. Um, don't write a tremendous one. You'll get frustrated. You'll never get to submit it. But do a small one yourself. You'll be gathering up all that information that you need and getting a sense of what's needed to write a grant, even if you don't succeed. And not every grant application gets funded. Uh, I went to D.C. once uh, to read grants for the federal government. They were giving out 40. There were 1,000 submissions. And I would say a great majority of them, the scores were in the 90s, but only 40 got um, funded. 
So don't feel badly about that. Once you submit your first proposal, you'll have a good basis for your next one and your second grant will be so much better and easier to do because you'll have all those documents ready at your fingertips. Wow, that is amazing. So you just talked about a score of 90. What What is that? What You're talking about like how they score the actual applications or what the money is used for? So, well, especially with the federal government, the grants are scored objectively and they hire um, grant readers, peer reviewers for some grant applications. Sometimes it's just done in-house, but for the larger ones they hire. And there are questions in a federal grant and next to it, it will tell you how many points you'll get for each question. And sometimes there'll be extra bonus points um, if you're a minority serving organization, if you're in in the enterprise zone, different things will add extra points. And when you complete your app, when as you're completing your application, you know, wait a minute, this is where I really better focus and get all these points. And every time you lose a point in a question, you're, you know, you're knocking down your score, you're lowering it, and you're lessening your chances. So you always want to be able to respond to every single point, bullet point that they're that they they're highlighting. And so that's what we do when we score a grant. We look at all the questions and we have to give each section a value. And so if you've really answered it, you're going to get the entire score um, allotment for that that piece. Wow. Oh, my goodness. But that doesn't happen with the smaller grants. Uh, like a foundation grant is going to be um, looked at by the board of the foundation, or if they've just hired one or two people to take a look at the um, applications that come in, and then they will run through their own scoring system that they use. Um, and it just could be as well, they could be taking a, a nice large pile and saying, well, this, let's move the, to the right all the ones that are most likely to um, accomplish our mission. The foundation has a mission, a vision of how what they want to do with their money, what where where what's their focus and their own priorities. And so those are the ones that are going to get looked at. And the ones totally outside are going to be, you know, circular file <laughs> the garbage can. Thank you very much. We reviewed it. You're not getting funded. And then they take a look at that pile and they're going to go through it. And sometimes on a board, everybody gets a vote. They can each pick one if they're funding uh, multiple. If they're only funding one, the, the last three or five will be read by every board member and then the decision will be wow. made. You have given us so much information here, so much more than I even knew about grant funding. And, and I've actually put together a couple of grants. They were very small. They were not uh, big, big, long scored things. I, obviously, they scored it in their own way, mm -hmm. but I did not see any scoring on the actual application. So I want to I want to bring this back to if you've never done this before or maybe you have once or twice submitted a grant, where do you think people should start? Like, do do they go to your website and they look for a small grant to start with? Do they look in their community? Where should someone go to be like, this is my first grant. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write it out myself, like you suggested, and mm -hmm. I'm going to try this. So just to give people a place to start, that's what I'm hoping we can help them with. Okay, well, first you have to know what do you need the grant for? Are you an individual? Are you a small business? Or are you a nonprofit? And what's your focus? So if you're an artist and you want to do a community project, 
you're looking under uh, the category of arts and culture, but you're also the recipient would be could be an individual, or you might be doing it on behalf of a nonprofit or a municipality. So then that's the recipient. Um, if you're a small business and you decided that you want to train young people into the field of your business, um, silversmiths, let's just hypothetically say, that is it's probably a rare skill at this point in time. And you might want to say, well, you know, I don't have any children. I want to um, teach people, teach, I don't want this skill to be lost because I'm going to be, you know, eventually not being able to do it. So you want to look for something for workforce training for height and you want to go into um, post-secondary schools. You might want to contact them, ask if they could add it to the art curriculum. Whatever it is, you have to know what you want to do with the money. Not, oh, I want a grant. You know, I don't. I want to sit on my couch all day, not go to work, and I want somebody to give me a grant. That's not what Grant Watch right. is about. Grant Watch is about doing something for the greater good. And what is your program or project, and why do you need funding? And there always has to be a need for what you want to do. And then once you have that in your head, and you can give me a three-second elevator pitch of what you want you've got it now you know what you want to do and now you have to be um flexible you have to look at what's available see if you can spin it your way and that's how it and that's works. a great place to start you know giving out to others and knowing what you're wanting to help do this has been awesome i have to tell you that it's made me think a lot about how grants could help in my life and i'm sure our listeners are thinking about the ways it could help in their lives and then, like you suggested, nobody should be sitting on their couch. This is an opportunity where you can help your world, your community, your family, your business, a nonprofit next door. So this is a really great tool. Um, if you're looking for more information, you can check out grantwatch.com. And um, do you still write grants, Libby, or what's what do you? No. What happened was I retired from grant writing and opened Grant Writer Team. So I basically show grant writers how to be in business through grant writer team. And we set up a system of deliver retainer and system of deliverables that match grant writers and grant seekers. And then I created youhelp.com, which is a crowdfunding website. So if you don't see a grant for what you want to do, you can, or you want some fundraising strategies on youhelp, you can work with a coach. We have a coaching subscription and you can, um, put out your crowdfunding campaign. We don't take any money from the crowdfunding campaign. It really works very well for the nonprofits and small businesses. Wow. I didn't even know about that, listeners, till just now. So <laughs> if you want more information, you can check out grantwatch.com. If you want to go further, please check out um, our website, 8frugalminutes.com. We're going to have all the information for Grant Watch. We'll have the information about you help and more information about grants overall. So thank you so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate your time, Libby. I really appreciate you and your listeners. And thank you. Stay healthy, everyone. Thank you. Until we meet again, you've been listening to 8 Frugal Minutes, where our motto is save that cash. Don't forget to do something kind for yourselves today. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye now. <laughs>